Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... What is it, already February the 7th of the year of our Lord, 2022? Wow. This is indeed our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by our founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Our website's libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. Spread the word. Tell your loved ones. Share the love, would you please? All right, a quick recap of Friday's broadcast. I took a break on Saturday. A lot going on in my life, ladies and gentlemen. Good things everywhere, but crazy, crazy busy. But we had an incredible rebroadcast. Man, it must have been well-liked because we got hundreds of downloads on that one alone. So you got to like that. Uh, And Friday, though, we first had our guest on, Mr. Chris Carlson, who always says, without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. We had an incredible discussions of all things liberty. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency... First by inflation, then by deflation. The banks and corporations that will grow up around them will deprive them of all property until their children wake up homeless on the very continent their founding fathers conquered, ladies and gentlemen. Who said that, you ask? Good old Thomas Jefferson, ladies and gentlemen. True as all get out. We talked about yelling, not yelling. Yelling, critics are yelling. Start yelling, yelling. In other words, yelling is the Federal Reserve Chairman not yelling about the crisis happening. Do we operate in a free market? The answer is a resounding, unequivocal, not a chance. There is a news blackout, ladies and gentlemen, on the Fed's naming of the banks that got its, quote, emergency repo loans. And uh, some journalists seem to even be on gag orders relating to this. This all happened in 2019 when they claimed there was not even a financial crisis. WallStreetOnParade.com with all the details about this, ladies and gentlemen. We've never before seen a total blackout of a financial news story of this magnitude in our 35 years of monitoring Wall Street and the Fed. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. That's what this group says you say who am i talking about this group you're talking about wall street on parade they've never before seen a blackout this big before now listen this all happened in 2019 here's what happened a bunch of banks got a bunch of money domestic banks foreign banks wow it was the first time the fed intervened into the quote repo market since the 2008 financial crash that's the biggest financial crisis since the Great Depression. They called it the Great Recession back then. But ladies and gentlemen, now the Federal Reserve, two years later, named the banks that received $4.5-plus trillion 
in cumulative loans in the last quarter of 2019. Why do we hear about it two years later? I don't know. Again, it's always government secrecy, always government whatever. They say under its emergency repo loan operations for a, quote, liquidity crisis. The problem is it's yet to be properly explained, ladies and gentlemen. Among the largest borrowers on this scandal were J.P. Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, and Citigroup's three of the Wall Street's banks that were at the center of the subprime and derivatives crisis back in 08. This is serious business, folks. But we're not told a thing about this banking crisis. So in 2019, they got a bunch of money. We didn't even find out which banks were involved until 2021. But none of the banks have been, well, explaining why they got the money. The Federal Reserve not explaining why they got the money. It is a scandal of epic proportions, ladies and gentlemen. Why, you ask? Number one, acting like it's a big old secret. Number two, though, these are stockholders in the Federal Reserve, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, it's like giving money to yourself. It's beyond a moral hazard at this point. Wow, hidden data from the Fed? Should be today's biggest story in the world, says Glenn Beck about it. Glenn Beck never talks about the Fed, never has the gut to say we got to end the Fed. First off, we got to audit, then we got to end the Fed, then we got to hold those criminally responsible. Nobody's willing to boldly say what I am about it. Anyway, with jumping profit, though, Amazon Prime membership's going up another 20 bucks, inflation everywhere. What can we do to prepare for the crash, you ask? Well, that's a big, tall order of discussion, that's for sure. Anyway, the second hour we had on Dr. Scott Bradley, America's under condemnation. In fact, the whole church is under condemnation, is my headline. We must repent, otherwise there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon the children of God Almighty. We are experiencing an unprecedented general loss of testimony in the atonement and divinity divinity of jesus christ the four stages in the pride cycle ladies and gentlemen success warning deception downfall we talked about it all with a good doctor yeah the only real solution to the pride cycle is humility followed by sincere repentance ladies and gentlemen yeah there you have it we talked about a church that uh, restricted free meals to the homeless to two you can only feed homeless people twice a week so this church is suing the Oregon government now A massive winter storm takes aim at the northeast, expected to dump ice across over a 1,000-plus miles. We're seeing the hand of God, ladies and gentlemen, as he uses natural disasters and storms and earthquakes and etc. to stir us up in remembrance of our God. But understand the pride cycle is live and well in America, and we're beyond the um, success stage, beyond the warning stage. We're in the middle of a serious stage, ladies and gentlemen, right before downfall, right? That's where we are. Uh, Beware. The only way out of it is to repent. All right. That's a recap of uh, Friday's broadcast. Without further ado, Mr. Lowell Nelson with us, CampaignForLiberty.org. Welcome back, sir. Thank you for having me, Sam. Good to be with you. We had a huge discussion of the pride cycle uh, on Friday with Dr. Scott Bradley. I thought you might want to comment on that. We're in serious, serious trouble uh, we're beyond the warning stage. We're in the uh, about to have a downfall stage. 
The only way out of it is repentance that I see. Only way out of it is humility and change. Uh, otherwise, uh, God's not going to tolerate it. Lol. One of the encouraging things I see happening uh, among all the groups uh, with which I associate, Sam, is an appeal to heaven. Um, we, I, I see it uh, in the meetings I'm involved with. I mean, just last night um, we we met a group of us, and, and you know, first off the bat, we offered prayer. And um, I see it in the, uh, the Platform Republican PAC uh, board meetings that we offer prayer before, you know, as we begin every meeting. Um, even in our webinars where we're talking about a topic, uh, these usually happen on like on the first Tuesday of the month or something where we, the Platform Republicans PAC is having a webinar. I know we have one tomorrow night uh, at 7 o'clock. We begin those with prayer. And um, we're more uh, willing to uh, talk about the need for divine help. I see a lot of these emails that are sent around to activists. Um, they always include now a prayer for uh, I mean please pray please you know in, in our in our in our fast meetings you know meaning we you know go without food we're trying to demonstrate to a heavenly father that we are so interested so keenly interested in his blessing that we are going without food for um, uh, one or two meals because we are imploring the heavens for help in this sacred cause so to me that's encouraging, Sam. Uh, many, many people, many activists are recognizing the need for God. And his. And, and so, yeah, hopefully we are repenting. Hopefully we are uh, keeping the Sabbath day holy. I mean, these you can't just pray for something and then go on and continue your own life the way you've been living. You have to change your life. You have to uh, do something different, and, and that involves, you know, keeping the Sabbath day holy. It means keeping God's commandments. It means uh, seeking his help through through prayer. Um, so all of these are encouraging signs, be, and, 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 and I just want to mention them because a lot of people do uh, recognize the need to, for God, you know, and if, if we ever, to, if we hope to succeed in uh, this effort of we Restoring America, restoring for our freedoms, and restoring our liberties is going to be with God's help, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, amen to that. And it starts, if you want to restore the republic of the traditions of our founders, it starts with honest ballot counts. In other words, voting, ladies and gentlemen. Whether you believe there was vote fraud or not is beside the point. The fact is we've got to go back to a transparent system uh, that has custody of ballots all the way through, ladies and gentlemen. We gotta restore trust in the system. Good news, people are working on that big time, Lowell. Uh, SecureVoteUtah.org is the website of a group here in Utah that is wanting a return to hand-counted ballots, um, a return to voting in person. And um, so, at SecureVoteUtah.org is the website. We can talk about. Seven reasons to count ballots by hand after this break, Sam. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips with Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because 
we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell Nelson with me, CampaignForLiberty.org. We're talking about seven reasons to count ballots by hand, SecureVoteUtah.org. Reason number one, Lowell. That is that um, you can actually watch the actual counting of the votes. I mean, if you can imagine how... Um, you know, if you if you watch a computer count votes, you, you can't really see anything. <laughs> you just see the the computer. You might see some lights blinking. Uh, you might see some, or if you go down to the counting operation at your uh, local clerk's office, you might see ballots whizzing past you on conveyors and so forth. But you really can't count. You, you really can't watch anything being counted, right? And so, if you, yeah, that, that's the main reason. If if we are to restore confidence in the election process. We need to be able to see the votes being counted, ballots actually being counted. And so hand counting them enables you to observe the actual counting of the ballots. Um, very, very simple. And, uh, and so that, that, that's what we're, we want to get back to. Um, you know, we did this successfully for decades. Um, this is the way ballots were counted. The elections were decided by Three people working together, counting the ballots by hand. I've witnessed it. I've been a poll watcher. And, boy, I was very impressed with the accuracy and with the, the thorough um, uh, approach taken by the hand counters. I mean, I mean, you're a poll watcher, and you, well, you walked away from that election 100% confident that every ballot uh, had been counted accurately and uh, the vote totals were, were, were true. And so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, counting, watch the actual counting of the ballots with your eyes, <laughs> not by computers. That's the way to go, Sam. Um, 
So then, you know, the second reason we should count ballots by hand is uh, that you do it out in the in the precincts, the neighborhood precincts. So you have your three election judges. Uh, it basically, you decentralize the process, and by decentralizing, then you prevent systematic cheating, right? I mean, if you have one place that ballots are counted, and that's you done by computers, it's centrally located, then that's your vulnerability. That's your point of vulnerability. Well, if you spread that out into every precinct in the state, we have over 2,000 uh, precincts in the state of Utah, for example. We have 29 counties, and in fact, some of the smaller counties, they would um, they would ask the bigger counties to count their ballots for them because the bigger counties have these machines. Well, that's, that's 29 points of failure. Now you have 29 vulnerabilities, 29 weak spots, as opposed to over 2,000 decentralized locations well you, it's very difficult to corrupt you know three uh, two out of three election judges in over 2,000 locations in the state so it's obvious that decentralizing the process will help to prevent systematic cheating um, another advantage of counting ballots by hand is that this um, the, the vote tally can be published that very night you know, once computers arrived, everybody thought things would be quicker. Not the case. It takes days in order to collect all of the, the vote-by-mail ballots and, and get them into a machine that can count them. And then you don't know if the vote is accurate. But back when you're in the days when you were counting uh, by hand, that the, the election judges were able to phone the county clerk that night with their vote totals and then verify that the county clerk received the vote totals accurately from them because the county clerk would then publish the uh, vote totals from each precinct, um, then you, you have an accurate and, and, a, and an efficient uh, count as to the election results that very night. Very, very So, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking transparency because you can watch the votes. We're talking about at the precinct level, truly the most local, accountable uh, government uh, – organization if you will the precinct is closest to the people and smallest of any government entity whatsoever so you got transparency in washing the votes you got government pushed to the most local and controllable level in the precinct uh, then you've got this ability where hey you can get immediate results critical to understand they thought computers would get us there faster not the case all efforts seem to be and making the votes more and more and more convoluted less and less transparent uh, and that's something we've got to stand against next one lol um each precinct not only reports uh, to the county uh, or the municipality in a municipal election but the precincts can uh, they, they tell their friends right the results of the election so there's no more you know waiting days and days after the election to know the results. You know them that night. You know them from your precinct, the election judges, that very night. And then you also know from the county, the, the you know, the countywide results. And from the state, you know, the statewide results. So it's very immediate. I mean, how many times did we go to bed in the 1960s um, without knowing the results? Well, yeah. Well, zero, because we knew the results before going to bed. People who stayed up late after the 10 o'clock news, where the, the results were often reported on the 10 o'clock news. 
that's just the way it was done in the 1960s, 1970s. So that's definitely, um, you know, one of the advantages of counting ballots by hand is that the precinct makes the results available to the public as well as to election officials. Um, when most of the ballots are taken directly, and I'm moving on to the next reason here, when most of the ballots are taken directly from the ballot box to an adjoining room for immediate counting, then you minimize these chain of custody issues. See, in vote by mail, you've got ballots laying out on the kitchen table. You don't know whether the voter who is uh, qualified and legal to vote is actually the one casting the ballot. You don't have a picture ID associated with that person. It's just sitting on the kitchen table. And you may have more than one sitting on the kitchen table. It could be cast, right? You, you, all you know as a county clerk is you just got these ballots in the mail. You don't know who cast them. You don't know who filled them out. You don't know whether coercive influences were used to make sure that the ballots were cast in the right way. You don't know how many of those ballots were harvested by campaign workers in behalf, so you know, to so-called assist you know, uh, someone at an assisted living center to cast a ballot. You don't know that. So anyway, you, you minimize chain of custody issues when, the, when, when, you, when you show up at a, a precinct location, you get a ballot, you cast it, the, you know, you write it on it, and then you cast it into the ballot box, and you have poll watchers watching that ballot box and never leaves their eyes. And then finally, at the end of the day, you open up that ballot box and count the ballots, and everybody can watch that process. There's no chain of custody issues in that process. So there's also exit we, polling that becomes available. Otherwise, you can't do that either. And exit polling has a great ability. It's not perfect because it's polling, but it has a tremendously accurate ability to kind of say, "Hey, is this in line with reality, or do we got a serious problem?" Their goal is to jettison exit polling too, because a a real modicum of transparency happens there, Lowell. Absolutely right. That is the, the seventh and final reason is, is exit polling uh, can be done by, uh, you know, typically well, private citizens can do it, uh, newspaper uh, media people can do it. But if the actual result, if the reported results from the election differ by just more than one or two percentage points from the exit polls, you know some hanky-panky's been going on because those exit polls are one of the surest ways of knowing how people voted. Uh, I mean, you don't know how it, I mean, you don't care how every single person voted, but you do exit polling, which is a random sample, a truly random sample of those who actually cast their vote in the election. Then you, you get a very good idea of how the election results should uh, turn out, Sam. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's serious business. Transparency is vital. SecureVoteUtah.org to learn more and get involved. We want to return to paper ballots. And there's seven reasons why we got to have accountability there and transparency. If you've got one of these organizations in your state working on it, fantastic. If you don't, go to securevoteutah.org and mirror uh, this in your area. Make sure that voting is done by the precinct, done transparently, ladies and gentlemen. It is vital. All right, the Utah legislative. Yes, sir. One other thing I'll interject here, Sam, was that uh, we were uh, we were featured on uh, the War Room, Steve Bannon's War Room, and apparently there are lots of people across the nation who watch that program. And just in a couple of hours, when we were on the on on the War Room over the weekend, 
we had hundreds of people from all over the state uh, express support for this effort. So we we know, folks, we know you're out there. In West Florida, New York, Massachusetts, Delaware, every state in the union, basically, Hawaii, Alaska, you guys responded, and you're out there. So do something in your own state just like this. Restore voter integrity to your state, Sam. All right, ladies and gentlemen, when we get back, we're going to talk about the reign of terror. How many days into the Utah legislative session are we? 45 days of pure terror. They got a bill that's shocking. It's dangerous. It's unconstitutional. And I submit it's even criminal. We'll tell you about it in seconds. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Up in Canada, Ottawa declared a state of emergency on Sunday in response to thousands turning out for a second weekend of demonstrations against COVID-19 public mandates, blocking roads and disrupting parts of the capital city. A GoFundMe campaign to support truckers was canceled by GFM, saying they will refund all the money donated. President Biden and French President Emmanuel Macron discussed in a phone call Sunday ongoing diplomatic and deterrence efforts in response to Russia's military buildup along Ukraine's border. Macron is due to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin in Moscow on Monday and then Ukraine's President Zelensky in Kyiv on Tuesday. Democrat Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia on CNN Sunday endorsed the re-election campaign of his Republican colleague, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Endorsing my dear friend, Lisa Murkowski, Alaska could only be so lucky to have her continue to serve them. Mm, Thank you. USA Radio News. Guys, are you tired of being tired, frustrated because it seems impossible to lose belly fat? If you're looking for a solution, then listen to Mark. I had fantastic results with the Andro 400 Max. Probably lost 35 pounds, and more impressive than that was the inches I lost off of my belly and my waist. And the increased energy is is fantastic. I'll be totally honest, I tried a different product, and I wasn't happy with the different product. You guys are considerably cheaper than the other brand, and I can really feel the difference. Andro 400 Max, the extra-strength, all-natural testosterone booster. The safe, easy, and affordable way to gain energy and lose stubborn belly fat. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Feel and look like a new man. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435. Another police shooting in Minnesota is under scrutiny. Hundreds of peaceful protesters took to the streets of downtown Minneapolis Saturday, days after Amir Locke was fatally shot by a Minneapolis police SWAT team while executing a no-knock warrant on behalf of the St. Paul Police Department. Among the protesters was Karen Wells, Locke's mother. Never would I have imagined that I would be standing up here talking about the execution of my son by the Minneapolis Police Department. Locke, a black man, was fatally shot three times after he was spotted with a weapon as he was waking up, though police body cam footage showed that his finger was not on the trigger. Many of the protesters called for several resignations, including from Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry and interim police chief Amelia Huffman. The incident comes as the city is still dealing with the fallout over the police murder of George Floyd, a federal trial for three officers involved in Floyd's death began about two weeks ago. For USA Radio News, I'm Kenneth Burns in New York.
begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, back with you live. Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, breaking everything down just for you, ladies and gentlemen. So we've got the reign of terror going on in the state of Utah. Utah legislature has what's called SB88, a digital driver's license centralization of information. That is disaster, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell, provide the details, will you? This bill amends provisions uh, relating to the establishment and maintenance of a program for electronic driver license certificates and ID cards. It makes the electronic license certificate and identification card program permanent. Right now, it's just basically a pilot, and but this bill would make that thing permanent. Now, a vendor, uh, so basically it's a private vendor that would provide these services, right? There's these electronic driver license certificate service uh, for the population in Utah. And so this private vendor would be able to charge a nominal fee for the service, and, uh, and, and, and they would supposedly, you know, work to ensure the security and the privacy of the data. So they would have your name, your your you know everything that's on your on your driver's license card. Now they would have that. Um, they would probably have much much more than that as the years pass. And and then, you know how many you know how many times the government gets hacked? Well, their private companies get hacked as well. And so there's nothing there's no real true security uh, when it comes down to technology. Technology is hackable. I'm a programmer. I'm in tech. I know this. Um, there, there, you don't have. There's no such thing as 100% secure. Um, you know, it's just it's you, what you do is you raise the, the the walls as high as you can, and you try to protect yourself, knowing your own weaknesses, your own vulnerabilities. But it's just well, I'm getting off the subject there. But but I'm just saying that um, you know we all love technology and we love the convenience. But you know I I don't know if it's wise to trust. You know, our you know this this valuable private information with anybody, let alone the government, and it's certainly not you know a private vendor that doesn't have our our best interests at heart. Well, so you know our privacy, Sam, should not be for sale on the altar of convenience. Same thing as balloting. People like to to cast ballots electronically because it's convenient, but what they give up is security, right? And so it really shouldn't be for sale. This this centralization of information really is a centralization of power, and it uh, increases the, the ease by which this information can be hacked, it can be compromised. Um, it actually allows those with this information to control you. Think about what China does on their social credit system. Uh, everybody has a social credit score, and the higher the score, then the more able you are to do stuff, be for free, so to speak. The lower your score, then the less free you are. This, in my opinion, Sam, is a step toward the social credit scoring system utilized in China, and we need to be squarely against this type of a implementation here in Utah, Sam. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, this bill is disaster. Rejected SB 88, uh, and this connects our driver's licenses and our information to an international organization 
that will have oversight and power over our private and our medical information as well as interferes with our right to travel. This is disaster, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, When you say international, though, who actually gets this data? Do we even know? And the answer is I don't think we do. No, I don't think we do, Sam. And this bill is going to be heard at 340 this afternoon in uh, 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 Utah's Capitol Hill in Salt Lake City. So if you are close by, if you live in Utah or or if you're close by and want to attend this hearing and express your uh, opposition to the bill, we would welcome your help to do that. 340 this afternoon in Salt Lake City. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Serious business. What day in the reign of terror are we in? How much more of this do we have? I feel under the gun every single day that, man, 500-plus new, abusive, hostile, unconstitutional, tyrannical laws are coming my way every single It's like a season of terror, sir. How far in are we? I think today is day 21, Sam. See, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even halfway through the, the abuse. Tomorrow I'll be what? I guess Wednesday I'll be halfway through, and I'm telling you right now, they're already, think about this. They're already trying to connect your driver's license or your state ID, which you're forced to have, right? Mm-hmm. And my information to who knows who in an international organization will have control over me? I mean, think about that, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, think about what will be there. It'll be hacked. It'll be, uh, I mean, you're talking about a credit score like China has all tied to this cursed thing? Oh, my heavens, save us. Alexander Hamilton, I need to be saved from (laughs) that guy, too. Yeah, that's for sure. If uh, if people want a movie they can watch to give you some idea of the the horror that could be coming down the pike if uh, your information gets hacked, just watch The Net. Sandra Bullock stars in a movie called The Net that was produced, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago that uh, her identity was stolen. She was hacked. And uh, the movie is all based on, you know, she's a computer programmer that has, tries to, you know, deal with the challenge of somebody having hacked her uh, her identity. So a very interesting movie called The Net. If, uh, for people who like movies, it's a, a good illustration of the, of, the, uh, of the problems that can occur if your identity gets hacked, Sam. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious, serious. Uh, business, I'll tell you that right now. Now, Alexander Hamilton, ladies and gentlemen, was just disaster. Uh, you know what? He used to think right on some issues, but the longer he was involved, the more he got involved in the government, the more centralized he wanted things to be. You see, Alexander Hamilton felt like the federal or the general government, as they used to call it. We ought to return to that, by the way. The general government was too weak and might not succeed. So he wanted to give more and more and more power and he was really the one kind of to pervert the general welfare clause first, lol. Yeah, he sure did. Everybody knows the general welfare clause. In Article 1, Section 8, uh, basically it says the Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes to provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. Well, in the Federalist Papers, Hamilton seems to agree with James Madison that the general welfare clause is a limitation on Congress ensuring that you know money collected from the states would not be spent for the betterment of any single state but for the betterment of all the states you know general right a rising tide benefits all boats lifts all boats right 
the, gen the, the general government would be limited to acting only on the enumerated powers. Well, and, and so there's, you know, in, in Federalist Papers, uh, he does write that way. He's in this, the, there's two or three examples. I'll just give you one. This uh, from Federalist number 17, he says, the administration of private justice between the citizens of the same state, the supervision of agriculture and of other concerns of a similar nature, all those things in short, which are proper to be provided for by local legislation can never be desirable cares of a general jurisdiction. Meaning those things, they're taken care of locally, they're hands off if you're the general government. The general government will never delve into your private matters. They'll never touch the police powers. They'll never get into your face about your driver's license, <laughs> you know, any of that stuff. That's what he wrote in Federalist number 17. Well, Something happened to his viewpoint once uh, he, you know, he was appointed Secretary of the Treasury by President Washington uh, because he changed. He made plans to, it, it, to, to, to move power, to centralize power more and more in the hands of the general government. And so his first move was to propose that the national government absorb all of the Revolutionary War debts of the state. The general government was already borrowing money. By the money way, insane, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it, they were already borrowing money just to pay interest on its own debt. So why would he want the general government to take on the debt from the states also? Well, to guarantee that the states would forever be beholden to the general government. Well, Madison and Jefferson protested, but Hamilton bought their vote simply by steering the building of the nation's capital to the banks of the Potomac River, ladies and gentlemen. Secretary Hamilton revealed his next scheme. He wanted to increase the tariff for the import tax and give that additional money to business and industry. Uh, it's called collectivism, folks, and Hamilton was squarely in the collectivist ideology uh, and so even though he seemed to be yeah, a good guy at the beginning, he Not changed. only is it collectivism, but it's a page out of the playbook of communism, uh, even though the communism reality hadn't been completely codified yet, right? You're exactly right, Sam. But I'm just saying the principles of tyranny are the same. Never forget that reality check. Alexander Ham Hamilton, shame on him. He's one of the most famous founding fathers, too, because they even make plays about this guy. They love that stuff. All right, Patriots, hang tight. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse... Many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation.
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Sadly, what you get, ladies and gentlemen, is when you centralize everything, you end up with a central bank called the Federal Reserve. And when you do that, you end up with fake, dishonest, unconstitutional criminal money. And when you have criminal money, ladies and gentlemen, war is the next thing on the agenda of those who love tyranny, those who love control, those who love mayhem and death and everything we stand against as God-fearing Christians. They don't care about just wars or moral high ground. All they want to do is fund tyranny, fund mayhem, death and destruction and everything else, ladies and gentlemen. And a centralized bank is the core that makes all that happen because, hey, if they can do whatever they want with money, if they can make as much money as they want or just print it and live off the largesque of deceit, wow, ladies and gentlemen, we're in serious trouble. Jacob Hornberger does a great job talking about a time for introspection on this whole topic, Lowell. Yes, uh, thoughtfully consider our American foreign policy, right? Because once upon a time, (laughs) back in the days of George Washington in particular, We had a humble foreign policy, and uh, we didn't go about in search of monsters to destroy. We need to get back to that, folks. And Jacob Hornberger posts a column at ronpaulinstitute.org expressing exactly that sentiment. Obviously, the Pentagon, the CIA, and NSA don't want to do that. They don't want a humble policy. They want the current policy which is to maintain foreign military bases in over 100 countries around the world. They, they, they want to conjure up the Cold War to justify lavish expenditures on weapons of war. That's what they do. That's this military-industrial complex that is funded by this constant drumbeat for war. And you look at the situation developing in Ukraine, all of the money and so forth that we've poured into that country, in, and you know, thumbing our nose at Russia because we want to incite war. That's what that's what uh, you know feeds the, the 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 machine basically. They get more money the more ammunition that they have to produce and the tanks and planes and so forth that they have to produce to you know uh, in the cause of war that means more money for the mil- the companies involved in the military industrial complex. So. Um, that's 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 the incentive for maintaining the current foreign inter, uh, interventionist foreign policy. Well, 
Hornberger says we got to end this dangerous, destructive mayhem, and we can do it with, by doing two things. First, we, re, we have to restore the founding foreign policy of non-interventionism. we got to abandon foreign military bases, including the torture center in Guantanamo, Cuba. we got to bring home our troops. No more state-sponsored assassinations, kidnappings, coups, wars of aggressions, alliances with dictatorial regimes, foreign aid, and regime change operations. Um, basically, we've been doing that for well over five decades, these regime change operations. And almost, you have 300, almost 300 regime change operations sponsored by the CIA and NSA and others over the past 70 years, Sam. It's mind-boggling how many regimes we, we endeavor to topple, and we do it by secret. And anyway, and, but, but the, uh, there's a great book out about that that's uh, detailing all of these regime change operations. And that's the first point. We need to, to restore the foreign policy of non-interventionism. And secondly, Sam, we need to restore Americans' founding governmental system of a limited government republic, dismantle the national security state, maintain an adequate defense force, yes, but no more of this massive military-industrial congressional complex uh, funding and buildup of that, of that complex. So those are the two things we need to do, Sam, those are not easily done, but we got to start somewhere. And um, so we need members of Congress to recognize that a humble foreign policy is what we ought to have. We need to get back to that. And then we need to, uh, we need to curb the size and reach of our general government and, and uh, curtail its size and its reach back to what, uh, it, you know, to a limited government republic that it was intended to be, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is serious business. We got to one realize we didn't end the Cold War. The Soviet Union did. We were mad because the military-industrial complex took a hit over it. They loved to fund and train and and uh, you know get involved in both sides of wars. It's a disaster, ladies and gentlemen. The Cold War racket never ended for the U.S. LouRockwell.com, but another column from Jacob Hornberger to highlight the very points he's making. And then I got the solution in seconds, Lowell. Yeah, Hornberger says something I did not realize. Uh, maybe I was too young, but it was the U.S. did not end the Cold War. The Soviet Union ended the Cold War. Yeah, something I didn't realize. The U.S. military-industrial complex didn't like it one bit, for the reasons we've already expressed, uh, because it's a racket. Uh, this, uh, the Cold War was a racket, a way for the military-industrial complex like I said, to, to, to gain in lots of money. Um, they, the supposed international uh, communist conspiracy boogeyman was used to frighten us Americans into supporting the continuation of the Cold War racket. So the U.S. did not want the Cold War to end. The, you know, the regime, people at the top, the politicians at the top, and the, the corporate uh, financiers and the, the, the people involved in the military-industrial complex uh, did not want that to end. So the U.S., what they did, they, they kept NATO propped up. They, and they actually grew NATO after the end of the Cold War. But NATO, by the way, was created after World War II to protect Western Europe from a Soviet attack. Never mind that such an attack was not at all likely. The Soviets had lost more than 20 million people to the Nazi army. Russia's industrial capacity had been decimated. NATO 
that was for show. That really didn't do any diddly, but that was for show. See, at the Yalta Conference, FDR agreed that the Soviets could have Eastern Europe. And then, when the Soviets unilaterally dismantled their empire and exited West, uh, Eastern Europe in, in 1989, after the fall of the Berlin Wall there, the United States had an excellent opportunity to do its part to restore a peaceful and harmonious world. They should have dismantled NATO immediately. There in 1989, the last part of 1989, NATO should have disappeared. Their ostensible mission of protecting Western Europe from the Soviet Union was over, right? Because the Soviet Union, you know, they, they, they backed off, right? So if NATO had been abolished, then there wouldn't be a crisis in Ukraine today. That's the bottom line, right? And so this Cold War racket never ended for the U.S., and uh, it was never ended by the U.S. It was ended by the Soviet Union. A very interesting bit of history that Hornberger gets into there in his column. Um, but because the Pentagon kept NATO in existence and began absorbing former Warsaw Pact countries, we now have the crisis in Ukraine today. And, uh, in fact, Sam, I don't even know if that's a real crisis. I think the, the media machine is, is beating the drums and trying to create more of a crisis there. It's a paper crisis more than a real crisis, in my opinion. But, um, anyway. That, yeah, that, now my I, view is this. I do believe we have a threat from China, mm -hmm. Russia, Iran, and others. It does pose rising threats to the U.S. and to the whole world. Okay. The, the, the crisis is real, and let me tell you why and how. We continue to fund our enemies, and when we mm -hmm. fund our enemies, they use that to build their own military and industrial complexes. The more we build up their militaries, the greater threat we create, ladies and gentlemen. So I submit to you that it's our foreign policy that's the problem. We are our own worst enemy here. Yes, there's a crisis, not because we fear those countries, but because when we build them up with our own dollars, our own money, our own uh, transferring of military gear and training and hardware and all that. We create these enemies, ladies and gentlemen. The only answer, the only solution to deal with, ladies and gentlemen, the serious threat is to have a humble policy of non-interventionism. Stay the heck out of it. And if we wouldn't build these people up with our own money, build these people up with our own training and our own military industrial complex to where they eventually have enough to stand on their own and create threats because they can, um, we wouldn't have a problem. So we're our biggest threat is my point. But because of that, these nations are a threat. The only answer is to back away and not fund, not train, not whatever these different countries have a humble foreign policy, a non-interventionist foreign policy, and then build ourselves up in case somebody tries to do harm to the greatest country on the face of the earth. Otherwise, avoid foreign entanglements like the plague and the problem would be resolved, Lowell. Absolutely right, Sam. I think we spend more on our so-called defense than the next uh, seven or eight countries combined. You know, that includes Russia and China and other military uh, strong countries. And so most of that budget is not needed. We shouldn't be spending that kind of money. Uh, the only reason we do, because of this interventionist foreign policy. And so simply by reversing that policy and returning to a humble foreign policy, we could save billions of dollars and the angst and the blowback that's coming from these other countries because of our, you know, supplying them with, with arms and munitions. And, and, and basically the bankers are funding both sides of the conflict. 
the, uh, the military industrial complex is benefiting uh, from both sides of the country. They benefit from war. They benefit from fights, the struggles. It reminds me of the lawyers that, you know, they benefit because they stir the people up to contention, and then they take all the cases, and they, that's the way they earn their money. Well, you've got that happening on a global scale by the military-industrial complex. They benefit from war. Well, doesn't benefit the Lowell, civilians that get killed. Lowell, without it's, our free market mojo, these countries would never have enough wherewithal to build these massive military capabilities. And so this is what I mean. We have a real threat because of what we do. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we would not have a real threat. As you wisely point out, we're creating the real threat ourselves with our with our free market mojo. We literally trade with these countries as if they have free markets. We literally reward them with millions and billions and trillions of dollars. We reward them with training and military hardware that eventually is used against us. We are our own worst threat in, because of our policy here, and that's the only reason it's a real threat. Otherwise, it's a non-threat. They could never get the mojo to build such an apparatus without using our free markets against us. Right on, Sam. Just like Fast and Furious, we exported the guns to Mexico so they could be used on our own border agents. And it's just, it's just foolishness. It's short-sightedness. It's foolish. It's dangerous. And uh, it needs to stop. We need a humble foreign policy. We need peace, prosperity, but if, if we expect to get it, then we need to act in a way that's peaceful and, uh, and, and prosperous, Sam. We just got to do it. Jettison unjust wars like the plague, ladies and gentlemen. Understand clearly and unequivocally the best way to avoid war is to arm ourselves to the teeth, walk quietly with a big stick, stay out of foreign affairs uh, from other nations, avoid foreign entanglements. That's what the great General George Washington and others who were like-minded, who understood the sacred cause of liberty advised. And the sooner we return to it, the sooner we will not have a real threat, as Lowell wisely points out. Thank you so much, sir. You're welcome, Sam. Good to be with you. Lowell Nelson always doing a phenomenal job, ladies and gentlemen. CampaignForLiberty.org, RonPaulInstitute.org, or his websites, LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net, our websites. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. We the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore America, but you got to get involved, ladies and gentlemen. And if we get involved, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for February the seventh in the year of our Lord, two thousand and twenty-two. This is our two of two. And the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property. 
and promote God, family, and country in the traditions of our founders using the supreme law, the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, rejecting revolution, standing for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. That's who we are. We believe the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips? Welcome to the broadcast. Dr. Scott Bradley with us this hour as well. His lifelong goal and collegiate series to match, to preserve the nation. All found at freedomsrisingsun.com. Welcome back, sir. Well, thank you very much. And You know, sometimes it's one of my, oh, I don't know, a quirk, I guess you might say. When we come on the air, I give a little bit of a weather report. You know what? There's something to global warming, I'm afraid. You know, we are 12 degrees Fahrenheit this morning, which is a veritable you know, banana belt temperature for what we've been doing lately. And I guess maybe the globe is warming. What do you think? 12 degrees. Absolutely. You know, it's usually like a minus 10 or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, it's just like way up. But you know what? I got to tell most people, if you don't know what 12 degrees is, you probably have never been in that fresh environment. That's right. <laughs> but I will say this, though, uh, and I'll be, uh, I want people to understand this because it's really true. You know these low numbers that you hear temperature-wise when you're in the mountains? When you're yeah. in the mountains, that you're at such elevation to where you just don't have near as much atmosphere that the sun has to go through. And the sun is absolutely blazing warming when you're way up in the mountains, you know, five, six, seven, whatever, thousand feet uh, up. And so even if it's 12 degrees, believe it or not, if you're working outside and the sun's out and it's a clear, sunny day, it gets hot and you're taking off jackets. You know, you think you've you know, got to have on... 20 layers of clothes and at night if it's you know or at night if it's if it's uh you know the, the clouds are there and the sun's not there yeah it's really cold but you know what if the sun's out believe it or not those low temperatures aren't as cold as people think yeah you you can absolutely deal with it but i'll tell you oh well, years some years ago i used to regularly interview a, an upper atmosphere scientist out of a university about global warming and you mentioned the sun and absolutely unequivocally completely and totally he is thoroughly convinced, I don't know how much more strongly I can state it, that the sun is the factor on this, and it has nothing whatsoever to do with uh, man-caused issues upon the earth. And if, if the climate is changing, and climate does change, from right now it'll get warmer in my day. It'll get colder in the evening. I mean, climate changes constantly. But the fact of the matter is, uh, the, the principal cause and effect relationship is related to the sun. According to this, uh, I mean, he's a world-renowned upper atmosphere um, professor, and uh, that's his take on it, and we, we talked many times about this. So anyway, I mean, I know we're far afield on this, but, but yeah, the climate changes, uh, and, and the sun comes up and goes down. I, come on, people. Um, let's stop trying to take over the whole society and put draconian measures in place that will only put the um, the powers that be, the establishment, if you will, more in control of our lives. Let's go on. Let's live. Let's do the things we need to. And uh, let's focus on the things that need to be focused on, not the owing to the offals that they've created. Ladies and gentlemen, there's so many climate change lies, it's not comprehensible. Ladies and gentlemen, look, they have so many lies when it comes to climate change, so many half-truths. Half so many manipulations. It is true that the climate changes. 
right? It is true that the climate has cycles. That's all factual, and I don't think it's really even uh, available for debate, ladies and gentlemen. But what you got to understand is this. The climate changes every day. As Dr. Bradley wisely points out, it gets warmer in the day, cooler at night. But you also have cyclical changes seasonally. You know what? You have winter, spring, summer, and fall. Uh, you've got years. You know, I'll give you an example. Uh, in Idaho last year, southeast Idaho, uh, southeast Idaho uh, you know, it, it didn't even snow hardly at all. In fact, in the middle of winter, it, there was really hardly or no snow on the ground at all. This year, there's like three feet of snow on the ground. Uh, and you know what? What's the difference? Well, it's one year versus another year. Did global warming happen from 2021 to 2022? See, I don't think so. Uh, In fact, there's a lot more snow this year. So cooling happened, if you will, or whatever, greater precipitation, El Nino, La Nina, all these other made up words and everything else. So the fact that cycles happen, the fact that we're in drought years, the fact that, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all those things are normal and reality. No one will debate that. The debate, in my opinion, is the lies they tell and then what they want to do about it. Where they want to place blame is one lie. Uh, All the factors relating to their assertions are a lie. They used to say that it was global cooling. Then they said it was global warming. And now they call it climate change because then it doesn't matter if it cools or warms. The reality is they're lying about who's to blame. Humans are to blame. They're causing it all. The fact that you burp and breathe, you're the enemy. Uh, And therefore, we... As government or omnipotence, God, if you will, government thinks it's God, says we got to rein in you malcontents, you um, great unwashed causers of destruction on the planet. And therefore, and so it's a control mechanism that the communists, the socialists, the folks that want tyranny use against we, the people. So what you got to understand is no one debates that the climate changes, but rather than place blame and put government as God, to destroy our lives and ruin us and act like we're the enemy, we ought to take a page out of Scripture and say, hey, God uses the climate to stir the people up in remembrance of him. Why? Because when we remember him and we keep his commandments, we're blessed. And when we turn our back on God, ladies and gentlemen, we lose those blessings. So you got to understand the media and the government's climate change lies and exaggerations need to be exposed. Because it isn't about the climate change. That's been doing that for decades, for centuries, for millennia. The reality is that government's inserting itself, pretending it's God, and blaming it on the children of God. we got to be wise enough to reject that narrative, ladies and gentlemen, and say, hey, who's to blame? Well, the people are. But it's not because they're disobeying government or because they're existing. It's because they're disobeying God Almighty. And he uses the climate to stir us up in remembrance of him. Dr. Bradley. You know, Sam, it's, it's interesting, and I, you probably had a whole different concept of what we might talk about, and I know we got to get to that. But, you know, you look back at 1883, there was an eruption of a, a volcano, Krakatoa, back in uh, Indonesia, and it changed the climate with all of the volcanic ash it threw into the atmosphere around the world for years afterwards. It was you know, recognized as having an effect on the atmosphere, the the weather and everything else like that. About 200 years ago, uh, we had a, uh, a mini ice age going on. There was no summer in New England about, oh, probably mm, just over 200 years ago, probably about 1816 or so. 
I mean, there was there was just no summer at all. It snowed in the middle of the summer, and and uh, and there there were things that happened, and and this was all before what we would call a, you know, really the industrial age that that had come along, and everything they're blaming it on on, you know, carbon footprints and everything else like that. Stuff happens, and um, you know, we just don't seem to be able to learn from that. I remember when I was younger, there was a. Uh, a great movement saying we're moving into a new ice age. We're all going to freeze to death. Then it became we're all going to cook. Now it's climate change. They can do whatever they want with it because, wow, anything happens. We can blame it on man. You know, it's a, it's just bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Well, not only can we blame it on man, but there's nothing man can do to resolve the problem except for give more control, more authority, more uh, whatever to government as government pretends it's God. That's really what's going on here, though, ladies and gentlemen. You got to understand that fundamental principle. Look, you can't fix it. You're just to blame. The reason they want that unsolvable reality is because then government can try to replace or supplant God. And then the God government can deal with you in a tyrannical way, opposite from true God, if you will. And that's what they're doing, doctor. You know, in, in uh, my faith, uh, there's a scripture that says, as well might man stretch forth his puny arm to stop the Missouri River in its decreed course than to turn it upstream or, or to turn it upstream as to uh, the Almighty, hinder the Almighty from pouring down knowledge from heaven upon the heads of the people. It's interesting to me that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a scriptural reference from our belief system that uh, the man's puny arm can do little to alter these things, to stop the Missouri in its course or, or change it upstream or whatever. We, we keep thinking that, that man has this almost omnipotent power to do things when truly we are pipsqueaks on the earth in comparison to the natural force and power that God uh, wields upon this, this planet and indeed throughout the universe. So, you know... I, we're far afield probably again, but uh, but they these are different tools that are being used by those that wish to bring draconian um, impositions upon God's children upon the earth. And, th- and they're doing it for their own purposes, not not for the good of mankind. Hard to, to know where to go from here, ladies and gentlemen, except the simple reality that we've got to call a spade a spade. And we've got to reject not the global warming discussion because what they want us to do is just be against climate change and act like climate change is not happening. Then they can claim we're wrong and they're right. And, well, they are right. What we've got to do is take it on for what it is. God's in charge, not you government buffoons. That's the first point. We'll talk about it. We've got a lot more to cover with Dr. Scott Bradley in seconds on your radio. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less. Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. 
So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley talking about climate change. You know what? They want you to debate that it's not real. And then that way they can say it's real. And then every time you say it's not real, then something happens crazy climate-wise. And they say, see how ignorant, see how, you know, conspiracy theory-oriented you are. See how, in fact, we ought to arrest you for your wrong-headed views. And uh, that's the train they go down because they know they've got a solid one. The climate is changing. Always has, always will. And God uses it to stir us up in remembrance of him. <laughs> and government literally wants to change that narrative. And they want to use this to control all of us. And so we're wise to say, yeah, climate change is real. But is it the humanoid to blame? God's children are to blame? Only in that we don't keep the commandments of God, maybe. But government has no authority and power in this regard. Uh, just because they have these scientists that want to lie. Or that are afraid to tell the truth. Or... We can go on and on and on and on. We've got to really be careful of this, Dr. Bradley. It's something that we've got to be wise about. Uh-oh, we'll try to get back Dr. Bradley. Go ahead, sir. Okay, uh, are we on? Are we okay yes, with sir. the audio? Okay, yep. Um, yeah, they tried to sucker punch you into uh, uh, entering a... a, a and a conflict, uh, a narrative that that basically they try to control both ends of it, if you will. It's like the controlled op opposition kind of thing. And uh, the reality of the fact is that uh, that their solution is not the a solution to anything. All it is is a narrative or a solution to bring about tyranny. And so, you know, if if you take the bait, if you will. And you try to argue with them about this and that and the other. Oh, they got plenty of so-called experts that, uh, of course, there's generally no science in all the way they're going about things. And uh, how we might, well, let's take, for example, let's take in, you know, we're both in, in Utah. And back uh, about 1849, 1850, there was a uh, 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 government study done called the Stansbury Project that came out and reviewed uh, the Great Basin. It was being settled. It had been obtained through the Treaty of 
Guadalupe Hidalgo from Mexico after the Mexican War, and uh, and they needed to kind of you know map it and and see what you know kinds of soil and climate and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, what they noted in that uh, in their study was a, a phenomenon called temperature inversions, and it's when high pressure comes over a valley, it caps the uh, whatever's in the valley and keeps it there. And it, it becomes a haze or a smaze, if you will. And, and here we are, you know, we're talking 1850-ish. And, um, oh my goodness, look at this. Well, nowadays when we get a temperature inversion, it's, oh my goodness, look at what cars have caused or, or humanity with their heating of their homes and all this kind of stuff. No, there was a, a few Native Americans and a few Mormon pioneers in the Salt Lake Valley at that time. And, and it was, you know, they had campfires and stuff like that. The temperature inversion is a reality of the environment that they live in, and it's not caused by man. It's simply a situation where when high pressure moves over the valley, it caps in the valley whatever's there. And, and the Great Basin is, is uh, prone to that phenomenon. But people don't know that it's been around since before humanity really populated an area. But, but we act as though, and, and by the way, in, in uh, the state of Utah, the Environmental Protection Agency, plays a big footprint on the people. I say footprint because I think of a boot on people's throats, where here a couple of years ago, they had a big movement, the DAQ, Division of Air Quality in Utah. It's a, an EPA, you know, wannabe. It does whatever the EPA says. They wanted everyone to never have a fireplace or a wood-burning stove in their home. Well, we had a big cross-the-state debate over it, and the buffoons that were doing it don't understand that preparing for any kind of challenges, such as a power outage or a, uh, you know, an earthquake or something, these kinds of things can be lifesavers. But they wanted to completely expunge that from society because they wanted to make certain that we couldn't have anything polluting the atmosphere. We poured them back in the bottle. They backed off, but the EPA has not gone away, and neither is the Division of Air Quality. But they basically want to control how we might heat our homes at some point. And it's just amazing how broad and long their reach is. So, yeah, yeah, there's there's tyrants that are always willing to, you know, basically raise their ugly head and, and use any excuse they can come up with. But, again, this, this challenge that we face of it, temperature inversions was kind of pre-human uh, uh, population within these valleys. So... I don't know. If we don't learn from history, we're gonna we're doomed to repeat the the things that that they keep throwing out at us. So yes, we are, ladies and gentlemen. It's important to really understand the issues at hand. They've gotten so good. Satan and his minions have gotten so good at deception to where if you argue the wrong points, you know what? You lose the battle. So when they tell me, hey, you know what? Global warming, climate change. I say, yeah, you're right. It's all real. Absolutely. Who do you want in charge, God or government? <laughs> That's a And if choice. they say government, then I say you're off your rocker. That leads to tyranny every time. Where in the supreme law of the land is government given consent, in other words, charge over climate? The answer is it doesn't exist. I would turn to God Almighty and then say, why, if God loves his children, do we have these climate catastrophes going on? Answer, because we're sinning, because we're not doing what he wants us to do. And therefore, if we repent and turn to God Almighty, a lot of these things will 
reduce. Oh, we'll still have winter, spring, summer, and fall. We just won't have all these crazy catastrophes that always stir us up in remembrance of our God. See, we've got to learn how to argue this in a good way. And then what they'll do is they'll dismiss it and say, oh, well, you talk about God, that's just your, your crutch because you're of a feeble mind. My response is, you thugs can deny the truth all you want as you try to create a tyranny in the greatest country on the face of the earth, but it's not happening on my watch or the millions of Christians that understand the truth either. So we've got to be able to be bold and, and literally take on the narrative in meaningful ways, doctor. Absolutely, and, and it's it's amazing to me that you know, you talk about them throwing enough mud against the wall that some of it's going to stick, and we're over there trying to scrape it off. There's somebody on the other wall across the way throwing it against it that's trying to destroy everything. I mean, I, I look at, for example, the mandate that all military personnel receive the jab. Well, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen that letter by Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin that he's asked uh, an explanation for this. The huge percentages that's increased since the military started receiving the jab on seemingly unrelated things like cancer and, and uh, you know, abortion. Well, not abortion, I guess I should say miscarriage. I mean, all of these things, but they've got huge, huge things that are happening, and I think it affects our military readiness. So here we have, um, you know, on the one hand, they're trying to, to get us to shut down, you know, our, whether we want to, you know, transport ourselves around or our goods and services around we want to heat our homes or cool them or whatever on the other hand we're, we're cutting the guts out of our our military forces with mandates and things it is just appalling to me that at every single turn i mean there's efforts to rewrite our constitution uh, pick a subject any subject and and there it's kind of like how could they be wrong on every instance unless it was planned and I guess I have to admit that I, I can't see how it could happen where every single instance of anything that's happening within the nation right now with the current, uh, it's not Democrats, certainly not just Republicans. It's a concerted effort by those at the head of the government that are going about the effort to see any way. Look at the invasion through the southern border, for crying out loud, and and how they're they're actually... Um, seeding within our country an invasion force, if you will. And you say, oh, they're not all people that are, you know, invading us. They're just people who want jobs. Well, the fact of the matter is, if you have millions, literally millions that came in in 2021 uh, and they do this year after year, is there cause for concern? I would I would submit yes. And uh, oh, we could get off on a discussion about U.S. immigration law and how it's the most generous and welcoming of any in the world, and yet and still uh, the system that was established by law, you know, Article 1, Section 8 says that the Congress needs to establish these immigration and naturalization things, and there's good reason for that. Federalist 42 talks about that, and Madison express, expresses that. But, but the point of the matter is the president isn't faithfully fulfilling the laws of the land, and he should be impeached for it, by the way, because he violates his oath of office and a constitutional requirement that uh, that he sees that those laws are faithfully fulfilled. No, they're bringing people in, writing them a ticket, sending them throughout the nation. 
I don't know. There's just almost every subject's available to talk about. Yeah, criminal government, ladies and gentlemen. Rogue agents in government are doing everything they can to destroy the greatest country on the face of the earth. Ron Johnson, senator standing up, sends a letter to Secretary of Defense demanding information on shockingly high COVID-19 vaccine injury among military personnel. More on your radio in seconds. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. As Russia postures for the largest invasion in Europe since the Nazis did it in the late 1930s, Ukraine officials downplayed a possible incursion by Russia, saying do not believe the apocalyptic predictions. After U.S. officials said Moscow had assembled 70% of the military force needed for a full-scale invasion. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on ABC News. Our view is that uh, China is not in a position to compensate Russia for the economic losses that would come from our sanctions. If Russia does choose to move forward, uh, not only will it come at strategic costs to Russia, but if China is seen as having supported it, it will come at some cost to China as well. Australia will reopen its borders from February 20 first to foreign travelers who have received two COVID-19 vaccine doses. Australia's borders have been shut to most non-residents since March of 2020. USA Radio News. Save on your next oil change when you purchase five parts of Pennzoil High Mileage Motor Oil and a MicroGuard filter for the price of Pennzoil Conventional, now $26.99. Extend the life of your vehicle and save big with Pennzoil Oil and Filter Specials at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Plus, earn double O rewards points on this purchase. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. One lawmaker says Nancy Pelosi is shielding the Chinese government. It's become widely accepted by experts that the pandemic likely began in Wuhan, China. How it began, though, has not been nailed down. Meanwhile, the U.S. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy says that it should be nailed down. But the Democratic Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, has been standing in the way of a good independent investigation. Think about what Nancy Pelosi has done as Speaker. She has protected China from any investigations to the origin of COVID, even though it's killed more than 900,000 Americans. She's preventing American athletes from protesting at the Olympics. And now she's producing a bill that sends American taxpayer money to China. Money that's to go to China for it to conduct an investigation that McCarthy says would certainly not be independent. He spoke on Fox News. And for USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we always 
as citizens, in my opinion, sadly turn to government for solutions when we ought not. We ought to turn to God Almighty. We ought to look inward to our families, God, family, and country, ladies and gentlemen, not government first. But I bring this up because, you know, exposing the media's climate change and the government's climate change lies and exaggerations is vitally important. We've got to call a spade what it is. We've got to point people to God Almighty, not government. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and Senator Ron Johnson doing a great job doing this on the COVID dishonesty and the problems there. Uh, Ron Johnson sends a letter to Secretary of Defense demanding information, demanding shocking information uh, on COVID-19 for troops. Uh, you know, you got military personnel having injuries and death big time. Why? Uh, and so we'll see what the answers are on that. I appreciate Ron standing up doing that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we also got these border problems. And interestingly enough, here's the headline on the border, because Dr. Bradley brings that up. It's a target-rich environment of criminal elements in government, that's for sure. But here's the headline. Trump, if he wins the presidency again in 2024, the first thing he'll do, his first, quote, executive action, so he's already looking to executive orders, what he'll do is he'll build the wall. He'll crank up, restart construction of the wall on the southern U.S. border. Um, look, I don't think we ought to put our arm or our trust uh, in one man. I don't think we ought to put our trust in the arm of flesh at all, as you wisely point out, Dr. Uh, Bradley. The arm of man is puny and worthless. Uh, and you know what? But we think one man's going to solve it. We think if we just get Trump in in 2024, he'll build the wall, he'll stop the border crisis. No, no, no. All this is a lie, ladies and gentlemen. One person ain't going to do any good. Now, I I'm not here to attack Trump. I'm here to highlight that you just can't trust in the one, the two, the few, uh, as if those people somehow will be just benevolent and solve all our problems. It isn't the way it works, ladies and gentlemen. God sets forth the pattern. He's the author of our liberty. Until we directly uh, confront that reality, doctor, we're just off in a gazillion roads to nowhere, sir. We've talked many times on your program, Sam, about the... Uh the origins of the principles that um, that founded this nation and and how they are tied back to a scriptural basis and uh, can they're uh, they've been promoted by god if you will from the very foundation of mortal individuals being on the earth and so the american founding fathers incorporated those principles into our form of government and now again government was not to be such a big footprint if you will uh, it, that was never intended by the American founders. It had a specific assignment that were the, the powers were few and well-defined, as Madison wrote, and those powers were to be delegated to the general government so that they could fulfill the responsibilities and in interfacing with other nations and so on and so forth. There were things that they had to have in order to do that. They understood this from not only studying history but also their experience with the with the uh, Articles of Confederation, the first Constitution. So anyway, here's what we go to. I'm I'm absolutely convinced that um, the origins of the United States Constitution were divine. I I believe that firmly within my heart, and I think that the the understanding of that could come for many for anyone that would study it and and think it through. And so when we say, let no more be said of confidence in man, but bind him down from mischief by the chains of the Constitution. That's what Jefferson and Madison collaborated on back uh, when they were trying to put out some things about nullification. 
But at any rate, put the, bind them down for mischief with the change of the Constitution. The, you know, man is not omniscient or omnipresent or, uh, you know, completely uh, in control of anything, really. And, and we try and build that image about uh, how government somehow, humans, foible humans, with all of their traits of stupidity, if you will, that in their own lives they make really dumb decisions. And you put them in a government position and you say, oh, suddenly we can trust them to make good and wise and honorable choices. No, no, no. Their, their power is limited and bounded. And, and really and truly they have only been delegated certain authority. They claim almost omniscient, uh, omnipresent authority and, and they, they dink around with things that have absolutely nothing to do with any of the authority delegated to them. And, and everything they step in is a mess. It's a complete disaster. So, yeah, bind them down from mischief. Allow them to only participate. And that's the oath they take. The Constitution is written in plain English. Those words have meanings. Those meanings can be known. They can only be what they meant in the day they were written. There is no other authority that may be somehow gathered to them because of some, I don't know, idea that, uh, oh, no, well, uh, we're going to use this as the excuse, you know, the Article 1, Section 8, Clause 18, where uh, it's kind of a, a catch-all. You can do whatever you darn well please. No, 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 read that carefully. Congress only has power to carry out the things that were delegated to it. There is no other power or authority. Ninth Government Amendment. derives its authority and power from the consent of the governed. And we've given certain authority to different branches of government on the general level. And then we've given authority uh, on the general level in a very restricted, very detailed, outlined manner. Everything else is off the table for the general government. There's checks and balances uh, vertically and horizontally is the point, ladies and gentlemen. But this idea, though, that, you know what, Trump, if he wins the presidency, is going to build the wall and everything else. You know, they want you to believe Trump would be Trump would be some kind of a blessed, benevolent king. We reject all that in America, ladies and gentlemen. Always have, always will, Dr. Bradley. Bind them down for mischief with the change of the Constitution. I don't care how much you have somehow delusionally accepted that somebody is going to take the power and use it benevolently, as you said, a benevolent king. No, they have no authority beyond what is delegated. Tenth Amendment says that specifically. We didn't give you the power. You don't have it. So don't be putting your trust in the arm of flesh. And again, the origins, I believe, of proper government, limited government, and all of the accoutrements that were originally established with checks and balances and separation and and this idea of, of one in basically resisting the other, you know, the, the uh, constitutional means of, of, for example, the, uh, the president creating law, you know, with executive orders or through their alphabet soup organizations. There is no authority to do that. The, the legislature needs to grow a backbone and says over our dead body, you are not going to usurp this power to make a law about, let's say, firearms or a, or a law about, uh, you know, some mandate for climate a change. vaccine. Climate change. Hey, you pick anything. And by the way, the Congress does not have power to do that either. 
that Congress does not have power to do make a mandate that everybody gets a jab. No, they don't. There is nothing in the Constitution that would, would allow the general government or any government, because every government is bound by the uh, fundamental principles that are found in the Declaration of Independence. You know, these truths to be self-evident, created equal, endowed with, by their creator with certain unalienable rights. It mentions a few. says the purpose of government is to secure those rights, secure those God-given rights. It never says, oh, no, no, there's a, there's a little tiny caveat in there that says if we get a virus that comes in the country, we can stop your ability to assemble or to uh, practice your religion or whatever. No, there is nothing that would do that kind of thing. And the consent of the governed was given when we ratified the Constitution or our state constitutions and said, yeah, okay, we've, we've looked at the framework of this. We understand the limits and bounds. We've, th this, is, this is what we're giving to our government to do. We give our consent to be governed by these people under these circumstances. But just because somebody gets elected does not mean they suddenly have authority, the consent of the governed, if you will, to run amok and become a tyranny. That they, these fundamental truths are lost upon most Americans, and consequently we are losing the vast majority of our individual God-given rights, and it's hardly recognizable. This country currently is hardly recognizable from what it was 150 years ago. I, you know, Lincoln implemented a lot of things that are still haunting us today, and uh, certainly uh, <laughs> that's a big burden that we carry today. So, Amen. But anyway. whether it's Trump, ladies and gentlemen, or whether it's whacked out Biden, understand you're not going to get some individual to solve all your problems. The only way forward is a humble foreign policy, is a humble understanding of the checks and balances that made America great, and then a good, honest, moral people turning to God and having humility and repentance, and then standing up and saying, look, we demand you obey the consent of the government. The Constitution outlines our contract. You are violating the contract. We're not going to tolerate it anymore. I've got two stories to highlight to make the point. We're rushing towards war like you wouldn't believe, ladies and gentlemen. Bloomberg jumped the gun. They got caught. We'll talk about it in seconds on your radio. You are a racist. Your mom is a racist. Your dad is a racist. And your entire family is racist. And you should all be punished. That's what Governor Brad Little thinks about you. So much so that he took $30 million of taxpayers' money to force critical race theory down the throats of school children, even though the Idaho legislature voted against it. This is the doctrine that teaches your children that just because they are white, they are racist. Yes, your governor, good old Brad Little, violated the constitutional law and did this while you weren't watching. Why is Governor Brad Little paying to promote radical leftist doctrine loved by Democrats like Boise Mayor McLean and sleepy Joe Biden? This is Ammon Bundy, and we need to completely reject critical race theory in Idaho. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. Man, we got just a bunch of stuff going on. I, on every break, I'm preparing for a video show right after the radio show. I'm a guest. And uh, we got to cover all this stuff. we got to take off the gloves and stand for the sacred cause of liberty. And we got to do it boldly, nobly, independently. And we better do it now. It starts with the humble people that turn to their God and repent. It starts with insisting, hey, we're the consent of the governed. We're the governed. By our consent, you derive just power. Other than that, you're rogue and out of control. And there's vertical and horizontal checks and balances to stop you from your tyrannical ways. But we, the people, better get it done and stand up and be part of the equation because the Founding Fathers said you're out of a republic. That's only if you can keep it. And, man, we're struggling to keep it right now. That's the reality. Bloomberg, ladies and gentlemen, had to issue an apology Friday evening after they accidentally ended up publishing an article titled Russia Invades Ukraine. Yeah, they say we provide headlines and create headlines for many scenarios. And the headline, Russia invades Ukraine, was the headline they put up on their website. But it was inadvertently published around 4 p.m. Friday evening. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, they had to eat crow and take it down. But Dr. Bradley, imagine the media already having headlines created, articles written for us going to war. Uh, for literally saying, hey, Russia has invaded Ukraine. It's not even true. They inadvertently released it. They got busted doing it. I don't think you got to write headlines like that at all. And you almost wonder if by doing this, they're trying to provoke and trying to up the ante for war, sir. Well, there's always been a propaganda machine that's out there, you know, whether it's Remember the Main or, uh, you know, any of these things, the Lusitania and how it was sunk. There's always these provoc- provocateurs that are there trying to uh, to churn up an end result. And sometimes they get a little ahead of themselves. I mean, it was like in Utah with the, the COVID emergency. We hadn't even had a single uh, attributed death to COVID. And the governor uh, declares a state of emergency in Utah. Of course, it's to get federal funds. The people with the war drums going, they are absolutely attempting war is the most onerous burden a nation takes upon itself it's got to be checked and balanced by the uh, clear deliberative processes the founding fathers established but yet um, it, it will destroy our our liberty if it's allowed to to kind of just 
flow, if you will, unendingly. And that's where they're going. I think the Bloomberg thing is, uh, I don't know, I don't know if they just had it waiting in the wings so that they, you know, when somebody pushed the button, they could send it and look like they were way ahead of the story or what. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you can see where they're encouraging, they're facilitating, they're a big part of the problem in trying to bring us to war. Again, the deliberative processes of uh, uh, going to war have not been followed in America for many decades now, Many de not once in my lifetime, in fact. We've had a, a continual warfare going on since we got in the United Nations, which was ostensibly there to stop war, but uh, had the opposite effect. But the Bloomberg thing is kind of like the Dewey wins headlines that uh, Truman held up after his victory in the presidential election. Uh, people are just primed up and, and they're ready to go and, and sometimes it seems like it, they get a little ahead of themselves and they have to retract it a little bit, but that doesn't well, mean they But here's my question, Dr. Bradley. It's one thing to say, yeah, we wrote a headline that says, hey, Russia has invaded Ukraine, only to realize that it wasn't even true, okay? Yeah. Russia invades Ukraine. Then they say, hey, we provide a bunch of head loans for a variety of situations. So do they have one that says America decides to have a humble foreign policy and avoid foreign entanglements at all costs? We will be staying out of Russia and Ukraine because it's not our affairs. They're foreign sovereign nations, and we want to set the standard of peace and prosperity and stability. Uh, and so we're going to obey the greatest general's advice and avoid foreign entanglements. Do they have an article written like that, sir? Because I, I submit to you, all they have is agitation stories pre-prepared. They don't have any stories that would really back away from war and, and, and stand for humility and peace and prosperity and stability and safety and morality and justice and the American They don't have anything like that, do they? I would, I would challenge not. them on it. If no, so, I, I, release a headline instantly to prove it with a story so we can see it before you take it down, too, to counterbalance your provocateur agenda. See? That's what I would be saying to these clowns. Well, the, uh, you know, I think that their track record would indicate that they are a globalist organization that seeks to bring about a subversion of the United States into a global government. And the more that they can, uh, you know, foster that through any of the stories they do, whether it's a global warming thing or a, a COVID panic thing or a, a deal against uh the idea that we need to control and contain our borders uh, or going off to war. I mean, you pick any subject you want. Uh, I think that they are there pushing the uh, the bigger government kind of concept that would have government take a bigger footprint in our life. Again, I think of footprint because of the boot on the throat. You know? Amen to that. But, sure. but I look at it and say, you know, my scenario would be to promote a humble foreign policy and set the record straight about blowback, the CIA-documented reality, uh, and more. But even if they don't go as far as I do, they could write a headline that says, Biden wisely averts catastrophe with Russia and Ukraine. I mean, you could even write a headline that, that simply said, hey, we didn't go to war, thank heavens. Headline. Do they have one of those? No. Our, our foreign policy is an absolute disaster in this country. We, we, I believe, would forever be safe and secure within our borders if we had an appropriate foreign policy. Now, that doesn't mean that we wouldn't have tyranny within our country caused by tyrants that, that seem to think they can do whatever they want. 
but I'm thinking in terms of invasion, in terms of um, the attacks of foreign powers and so on and so forth, if we had a humble foreign policy that recognized the original intent of the American Founding Fathers, you know, whether it's George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or James Madison or Monroe or, or uh, John Quincy Adams, any of those guys, uh, go read their material and, uh, and find that we are absolutely diametrically opposed even to the founding principles upon which the nation was established in, in the belief that no nation could have could interfere in another nation's internal affairs. The, the Council on Foreign Relations doesn't believe that. The United Nations doesn't believe that. NATO doesn't believe that. United States foreign policy doesn't believe that. We do coup d'etats. We overthrow other countries. But our founding and fathers believed that, and our God uh, requires a just uh, stance before war, etc. Our foreign policy needs to be changed to a humble foreign policy based on morality and based on the rule of law and the separation of powers via the supreme law of the land and the constitution. Final story before the end of the hour, doctor, and sorry to switch gears so much, <laughs> but I really want to get this story out too. Joe Rogan is being attacked big time. And I don't agree with everything Joe Rogan says, but I agree with his right to say it, okay? Well, anyway, here's what happened. Somebody put together a video montage of all the times he used the, quote, N-word. And what they did, though, is they put the video together and they took it out of context because Joe's reference or reference to the N-word was always in context, but relating to what others were saying. He was quoting other people. Uh, it, anyway, if you really study the context, you get a completely different picture than this dishonest and 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 that Joe Rogan uses. Well, they're trying to use this to take Joe Rogan down. Uh, Spotify has already fallen for the lie and participated in it. So Spotify deletes quote seventy episodes of the Joe Rogan experience. They say as new racial slurs, and the controversy relating to it forces podcast hosts to apologize. The most regretful. And shameful thing I've ever had to admit to and deal with or talk about publicly, says Joe Rogan. Now, I say shame on Joe for apologizing, number one. And, and number two, uh, they're going to take him down. And the more you apologize, the more they find weakness in you and they will abuse you. Now, look, I'm not for racist agendas. And I'm not for using the N-word. But ladies and gentlemen, you know what? Barack Obama used it with no problem. More than once. Uh, yes, there's a context to it. Remember that for both Barack and Joe. They tried to find Trump using the N-word and couldn't find it, so they dropped that narrative. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm not for the N-word. I think it's wrong to use and everything else. But you know what? You have your free speech in the First Amendment. It doesn't say except for the N-word. It doesn't say except for this or that. So if Joe wants to use the N-word in context or out of context, Joe Rogan has every right to do so. I mean, Joe Biden just called a reporter an ignorant son of a bee. That's okay, but using the N-word's not, except for the N-word is used by all the rap artists in every one of their songs. Over Oh, so just the white people can't use the N-word, but the black people can. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's all an assault on your free speech, and I don't defend what Joe says, meaning Joe Rogan, but I defend his right to say it, doctor. It's interesting you bring up the rap stars and their ability to, to kind of slander every single term that they ever want to. I mean, whether it's Christian or... Uh, anybody, uh, but but this particular thing, if you just stop and think about it, who runs those big record companies that make that? They're usually white people, and so these white people get a pass on that, and uh, and they continue to make 
hundreds of millions, maybe billions of dollars. I don't know what their paycheck looks like. But the fact of the matter is that that the white people that are taking advantage of that are not the front or the face of it, but they're behind the scenes having full value. And, and I, I just think it's a, a real enigma to me how these things are brought about for basically agendas that uh, are to divide and conquer. That's communist. We've talked about that so many times on your program, how conflict, uh, class warfare, class conflict is the basis of disrupting society. That's how the communists have always done it. That's how Marx said it should be done. And, and it's being carried out magnificently uh, by their programs. And, um, and so they're splitting society up and destroying our, our, our general welfare, our proper government. The general welfare has to do with a safe, predictable, uh, proper government, you know. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how it all fits together in a very, very concerted and well-planned kind of approach to things. And this is just one more thing. And Rogan probably, I don't know if he's going to be completely taken down or it will just become, he'll be neutered by the whole thing or whatever. But they take any opportunity they can to um, push back on anybody that's taught, got a different viewpoint than the establishment. And that just seems to be what this is. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious business, whether we're talking about going to war, whether we're talking about climate change, whether we're talking about COVID, whether we're talking about any of these things used to steal your liberty. We need to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We need to be humble, turn to God Almighty. We need to have humility to repentance. We then need to stand tall and understand the checks and balances are very simple. We gave government authority by our consent. But when they act outside of that authority, it's time that we, the people, rein them in. And until we do so, we're in serious trouble. We need to turn to God. We need to focus on our family. And then we need to hold our country accountable and use the supreme law of the land to our advantage. That is the key to restoration. We don't need a convention of the states. We don't need a better mousetrap built to our door. We have one that's got a tried and true track record of a couple of hundred years of more freedom to more people in the history of the world than any other example you can point to. Let's return to the tried and true. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.